Good morning and welcome to worship. If you are comfortable doing so, I invite you to stand as we begin our time of worship with a Christmas praise medley. and welcome to First Baptist Church, Sun City West. We thank you for being with us today and pray that during this Advent season and this Christmas season that it is a wonderful time for us to connect with the Lord Jesus Christ. The power of His Spirit, the love that God has for us, unconditional. And so thank you for taking the opportunity to come. And if you're a guest for the very first time, please take one of those guest cards from the pew in front of you out, fill it out in its entirety. And when you get ready to leave at the conclusion of the service, just put it in one of the offering boxes at any of the exits. We would appreciate that. We just want to reach out this week. Thank you for being here, being engaged, and continuing to seek God's direction for your life. And also, as we all move together in this season to communicate the gospel of Christ. Join me in prayer, please. Father, thank you for the time and the opportunity that you've given us. And as we come to this third week of Advent, as we reflect upon hope and peace and today joy, 
I pray that those qualities, those characteristics will be within each one of us because you're the one that gives hope and peace and joy. No matter what the external circumstances of life are, Father, you give that to us. And therefore, we can face anything through the power of your spirit. And so in this service, and Father, in this season, we come to thank you. Thank you for your unconditional love and the greatest gift ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thus far... We have lighted the Advent candle of hope, which anticipates Christ's coming, and the candle of peace, which encompasses all the rich meaning of the Hebrew word shalom. This morning, we light the pink candle, sometimes called the shepherd's candle, which symbolizes joy. What better word to associate with this Christmas season? As the shepherds rejoiced at the good news of a savior being born in Bethlehem, we rejoice that his coming brings the possibility of joy by means of a new life through Christ Jesus. That joy comes deep from within because of God's gift of salvation. It is far more than happiness. Rather, it is a joy that is independent of others, independent of our life situation, or any difficulties we might be experiencing. It is a state of being that cannot be touched by external circumstances and that can be present even in the midst of suffering. Paul names it as one of the fruits of the Spirit. Jesus' words to his disciple on his last night with them were, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And so as a result, we sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. As Jack and Debbie Roberts come to light the joy candle this morning, hear again what the angels proclaim to the shepherds on that first Christmas night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This morning we celebrate that joy as represented by this candle. Stop. 
Christmas Carol, good Christian men rejoice. Would you stand if you're comfortable doing so? Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. If you heed to what we say, Jesus Christ is born today. Men, we pour him out and he is in the
Well, good morning. And also, Merry Christmas. It's good to see you all here this morning. Shall we go to the Lord in prayer, please? Father, we're so thankful to be here in your house this morning and to sing these praises to you. Father, we do have great joy. We can take joy in the fact that you sent your Son to save us and to bring us into your kingdom for everlasting life. We thank you, Father, for all the blessings you have bestowed upon us. And one of those is this church, Father, and this family of believers. We thank you, Father, for each and every one. And we ask that you be with the pastor as he comes this morning. We ask you to be with us throughout each day during this holiday season that we would continue to experience that joy throughout the whole season and throughout the years ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, my name is Stephanie. I am an IMB missionary serving in Niger, which is a country uh, located in West Africa. And I've been there for about four years now. Lord called me about 10 years ago. He started just giving me a heart for missions. Uh, the more I began to really just get into his word and um, just see in scripture, just from the beginning to end, God's heart for the nations and his desire for all people to worship him. Um, I started out in a rural ministry and I was doing evangelism and discipleship of women along a certain set of villages. Uh, but my team as a whole decided to kind of switch our strategies to uh, focus more on the city and to train up the few believers that we have in our city and to equip the churches that are there to go out, um, even to places that we can no longer go. And so the, a lot of what I do and have done has been discipleship and trainings of all sorts. I think a lot of what you'll hear all the time is prayer. And we're not joking when we say it. Um, and it's not just my country, there are countries all over the place and there's all sorts of different communities where it's just a really hard soil. And um, without prayer, really you can do nothing. Pray for open hearts, pray that we would be bold in our faith, uh, that those that we train would also see the value in these trainings and, and things like that and they themselves would apply it. Ways that you can uh, support us as well is sending teams um, to do these trainings. If you haven't learned yet, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering is an offering that we hold once a year and all of the money that you give goes directly to the field. And so that pays for these trainings that we do. That pays for the Bible translations, but it, it covers everything. And so giving to Lottie Moon and giving to the cooperative program um, are ways that you guys can help support uh, missionaries. And it really does make a difference because because of that, we can bring in these guys from the bush who are the only believers in their village, and we can teach them how to share the gospel, and we can uh, teach them the stories of the Old Testament that point towards Christ, so that way they can share the gospel with their Muslim neighbors. And so 
your giving really does matter and it makes a difference directly to the field, to me, to my um, co-workers and to the believers and to the lost. In the pew racks in front of you are Lottie Christmas offering envelopes. And on the back of the bulletin this morning, you'll notice there's information about who Lottie Moon was, as well as our church goal of $23,233.23. You'll notice also the amount that's already been given toward that goal. But I pray that you would take one of those offering envelopes and prayerfully consider what God would have you give toward that offering. Christ was born in a distant land. Tell the good news. Tell the good news. Christ was born in a distant land. Tell the good news. Tell the good news. Lived on earth for the good of want to present an anthem for you now, Sing We Now of Christmas. Thank you. 
Good morning, saints. Our scripture reading for this morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. Follow along as we share the blessings of this reading. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy with justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness, the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. We are thankful for the opportunity to share these verses, for these are the words of the Lord. Hasn't been one. There's a new 
prayer. Father, we are grateful that you saw fit for your son to come. And we realize and know that it was in your mind before you even created this universe. With a long anticipation the joy of the birth and that night long ago, prophesied in advance. And for us, the celebration yet, the new kid in town is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I pray that each and every one of us, that we have embraced him as our savior and daily desire him to be the Lord of our life. Help us and give us insight today as we reflect upon what Isaiah had to say about the Messiah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We all know the warm circle of faces gathered around the manger that many years ago. Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the wise men, they all were part of that Christmas scene. But we should remember that there are other faces around that manger. And those would be the Hebrew prophets. At least six of the prophets 
are quoted in the stories about Jesus' birth. Among them was Isaiah, who probably more than any other of the prophets foresaw the definite coming of the Messiah. He's looking to the one who would restore hope, the one who would bring peace to all humankind, the one that would elicit joy in the hearts of those who would follow him. When you look toward the manger with Isaiah, I tell you, you too can embrace that hope and that joy and that peace through the character of Christ. So in the passage of scripture that was read, it gives us understanding far in advance of the actual birth. For you see, when you look toward the manger with Isaiah, you see hope out of hopelessness at the manger. First century in Israel was a challenging place to be and to live. First, they were occupied by the Romans. And second, there was much poverty. Nine out of every ten people lived on a sustenance level, barely making it paycheck to paycheck as such. And so in that scene in Israel, there was much hopelessness and helplessness never thinking that you would be able to get ahead, just trying to get up the next day to bring in enough to feed your family. But Isaiah, he had both insight and he had foresight. The insight that, David, uh, that Isaiah had was that the Davidic dynasty would fail. His insight was that that. David and the great kingdoms and kings that would come ultimately would come crashing down. It would become hopeless. He describes it like the rotting stump that's been hewed down. You look at his insight in verse 1. He said, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Insight. He knew that the stump of Jesse, that was David, the mighty king. One whom everyone said the Messiah would come through, and yet that majestic understanding of, of a purity of kingdoms after kingdom after kingdom after David failed and began to be rotten. Not only did he have insight on what was to come, but he also had foresight. Out of this deteriorated stump would someday come a new tender shoot. Something just coming up that's new, like new life. When we lived in the Seattle area, all the guests that we would have come and visit us or summer missionaries who would spend time with us, 
Uh, I would usually take them down uh, quite a few hours to Mount St. Helens. We'd spend the day traveling and seeing everything about Mount St. Helens. Many of you probably remember that day on May 18, 1980, when the eruption of Mount St. Helens began by an earthquake. And that earthquake caused the northern flank of the mountains to collapse, and it caused the largest landslide in written history. The avalanche buried 14 miles of the North Fork Tootley River with an average of 150 feet, and in some areas, 600 feet. Put that in perspective, that would be anywhere from 25 to 100 of me going straight up. In just a matter of minutes, that all took place. The desolation and destruction was mighty. And when the mountain collapsed, it was like uncorking a bottle of champagne. Hot rocks, some the size of VW bugs, <laughs> and ash and gas and steam went upward and went north. The outward spread debris some 230 square miles. There were over 4 billion bore feet of trees that were immediately down. Enough, some estimate, to build 250,000 homes out of wood. Around the southern half of the mountain, the volcanic mud flow flew down the rivers and the gullies. You look at the picture, the very first picture, you would see the devastation. How in the world could anything live with that kind of devastation? And yet, 43 years later, you look at a, a picture that all of a sudden you see green. There is a progress of recovery that is absolutely amazing in relatively such a short time. And it will continue on. And that gives that sense of hope that even though there is something that is so dramatic and so devastating, that there still is that possibility to recover. As just the darkest moment in history, hope did come out of hopelessness. And that's exactly what Isaiah the prophet said about the manger so many years before. You see, Mary and Joseph, they were obscure, unknown descendants of David. And suddenly, they became heirs to Isaiah's hope. Oh, it didn't happen immediately. But no matter how dark the times were, God had his plan. And at the right time, those that he had chosen to bring hope into the world, Came. Their situation was probably the most unlikely of anything that was ever conceived. Nobodies from nowhere at a little spot on the planet Earth. And yet it was through their willingness that God brought hope into the world. That begs the question, 
Are you currently living like a stump where your dreams have been dashed and you're living in that sense of darkness and discouragement and desolation? I want you to know that God can bring you through with your faith in Jesus Christ. You see, he is the deliverer. All of the Old Testament prophets that prophesied about the Messiah was that he, he is coming to deliver you out of a hopeless and helpless situation. We also see that when you look toward the manger with Isaiah, that you see the character of Christ at the manger. 700 years before Christ came, Isaiah anticipated the character of Christ coming. He would bear a unique relationship with the spirit of Jehovah, which is the Old Testament term that describes the Holy Spirit. In fact, the scripture talks about it in Matthew 3. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. When we look at that manger, we see that unique relationship with God's Spirit. The coming Christ would also have the faculties, the faculties of perception, of insight, and of practical application into the character of God. Now think about this for a moment. Christ had spent eternity with the Father. He understood and knew the Father intimately because they are one. In fact, he talks about this in his teachings. In John 5, Jesus said, Verily, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. In John 10, he said, I and the Father are one. And then he said in John 14, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? You're looking at him. Isaiah gave this understanding of the character of God. That unique relationship with the Spirit. That oneness with the Father that allowed him to have insight. The faculties to accomplish the things and to do the things and to say the things. Because... He was communicating exactly what the Father was communicating. In addition, he would identify with the poor and the meek. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 4, it said, But with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor on the earth. The poor in Israel and most places in the known world at that time, they were not given righteousness, nor were they given justice. He said, this is what's going to happen. He continued that in Isaiah 61.1, where he prophesied, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and relief 
from the darkness prisoners. And that's exactly what Jesus quoted in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 when he announced his public ministry, which did not make the religious leaders very happy. But that was the mission to bring righteousness and justice to the world, to bring hope to the world. When it is dark and you have obstacles and you don't know any way to get around, he is the one lighting the way. And he has the ability to accomplish just that. What Isaiah could not know, we do know. And that is that the same spirit that rested on the Messiah reproduces the same character in us. When we give our lives to Jesus Christ, his spirit comes to live inside of us. And we take on that same character if we're willing. That wasn't something different. It was the spirit of God. And it's the Spirit of God that comes upon our lives. That Jesus said, the paraclete will come, and he will help you and guide you until I come. He's called the down payment of the guarantee of the hope that is within us. The Holy Spirit, he, he will guide us, he will instruct us, he will help us in our times of loneliness, our times of discouragement, when it seems like our entire world has become desolate. He is there. When you look toward the manger with Isaiah, you also see the ultimate impact the Christ of the manger can make. You see, the coming Christ will bring a revolution of relationships. He will bring a revolution of relationships between us and God because he transforms us. That relationship was broken, now has been reconciled to where we are again in complete relationship with him, but only through Christ. It'll change our relationships with others. It will allow us to love others even though they may not love us. It will allow us to see them in a different light, to have compassionate care. Also, we find that it will change the relationship of all of creation. Look at verse 6 through 9. The scripture says, The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. <coughs> Let me just ask you, is that what takes place now? No, it's not. Coming to church, I saw this really healthy, good-sized coyote going down the middle of my street. And all I could think of is my two little dogs at four pounds and 12 pounds 
just being a delightful meal. It's their nature. But this paints a different picture. That because of the manger that Isaiah wrote about, it changes the relationships. It changes the relationships of us and God, of us and each other, and of all of creation to where it is going to be absolutely an amazing, amazing place. You say, well, I haven't seen that yet, but you will. The author of Unimaginable, What Our World Would Be Like Without Christianity, Jeremiah J. Johnson, illustrates the role of Christianity in shaping civilization in areas ranging from women's rights to health care. There are very few people who really are aware of the influence that Christianity has had in forming the modern world. What we hear now is not very flattering. But if you actually go back into history, because of the relationship with Christ and because of what he does and the ultimate outcomes that come through a transformation of a person with the Lord Jesus Christ, those become acts of kindness and goodness and compassion in this world. Because of Christ, he can use us to make a difference in this world and he has for so many that would allow him to. And also, and most importantly, the greatest impact is in eternity. That which was foreseen by Isaiah, symbolized by the manger, realized in the Christian, will be universalized in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We will see things transformed that we will have never seen before, both in this world and in the world to come. Isaiah saw 700 years before the birth of Christ that Christ would draw all men and women, all humankind to himself. And that's exactly what Jesus said in John 12, 32. He said, and I, when I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. That Isaiah was something else, wasn't he? Listening to God and communicating that hope that we celebrate this season and should celebrate all the time. Friends, what began when the shepherds and wise men came to the manger will end with every knee bowing before the one who came in the manger. <laughs> That's what Paul said in his letter to the church at Philippi. He said that in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Mm. So what began at the manger, prophesied long before, planned for before creation existed. We'll end and then begin with every knee bowing. No wonder the Apostle Paul cried out, Oh death, where, where is your sting? Really is the sting of death. 
when you have that kind of relationship, it ushers you into eternity. No wonder the angels sang out with joy that quiet, crisp night in Judea, saying glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Listen, being transformed by the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Being transformed changes everything. And then he allows the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of us. And it's through the Holy Spirit that he empowers us and he brings us inner peace and love and purpose. That purpose is focused on action, the reaching out, the compassionate care for those that are not where we are. But instead of hurriedly pass it by in this busy season, we see the person and we see the need and we stop and we put our arms around them and we encourage and we help we strive to carry that hope and that peace and that joy and share it with that in mind my question to you this morning is what ultimate impact has he the one in the manger that was put upon the cross and raised up and ascended to heaven in one of these days coming back what impact has he had on your life? And I'm not talking about just the past. I'm actually talking about this season of your life currently. What impact is he having on you for you to fulfill your purpose that he's given you? And even more focused in this Christmas season, what impact is that child in the manger? having on you, the one who is the Savior. Father, we come to our place of vindication, and very specifically we ask in our minds and our hearts, what impact are we allowing you to have today? For the majority of people here, and those watching my live stream, we have a life everlasting because we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. But as believers in Christ, what impact are you having on us? Lord, I pray that in this invitation, it will be food for thought for the sober mind in this most important understanding of the, the manger and the cross and the empty tomb. That we wouldn't have been just excited, so excited when we gave our life to Christ, but, but Lord, we would be even more excited today because we understand it greater. And I pray 
that if we have not been, that we would be more open to the, your impact. Therefore, we would fulfill the purpose that you've given us. And God, we would share with compassionate care others and see them and their needs. And we would be able to plant seeds of the gospel. And for those here today that do not have a relationship with Christ, God, I pray today they would take that step. And God, for others who want to come and be a part of this church or some other decision, I pray that they would make those decisions today. And above all, help us to glorify you as you have glorified your Son, our Savior, our Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I ask you to stand and sing our invitation to him. And however God is leading you to make a decision, private or public, you come, please. seated if you would and Miss Nancy has some opportunities of ministry for you but I do want to tell you inside your bulletin there is an insert it's on cardstock that is particularly for you to take not home and put it on the refrigerator but to go and hand it to a neighbor a friend inviting them to our Christmas activities events and services during this Christmas season 
And if you'd like a handful at both lobbies, take five or six or 10 or 15 or 20, just make sure they get handed out. Let people know. We have found that uh, most of the folks that come to our church have come because of an invitation from a church member. And nationally, it's about 86% of people who come. So please, give them that personal invitation, just hand them that, and they'll have all the information they need. Miss Nancy? Next Sunday evening at 5.30, the Sanctuary Choir will be presenting its musical. I encourage you to pray for the choir this coming week. They are not exempt from the crud that's going around, and some of them are out today. So I'm praying that they will be able to join us for that performance next week. The beautiful flowers on the altar table today are given by Dr. Don Nixon in celebration of his wife's birthday, Darlene, this coming Friday. He said you would be upset, but we wanted to celebrate with you. And then next Monday, they celebrate their 53rd wedding anniversary. Thank you. Would you stand so we can know you? Thank you. If you are one of the 55 who signed up to go to Oregon Stop tomorrow, I need you in the building at 9.15. The bus is leaving at 9.30, and I want you to be on it. So be here at 9.15. We'll gather in the CLC and in the main lobby. You can park in the west parking lot, and we are looking forward to a wonderful time. I've already pointed out the article on the back of your bulletin about Lottie Moon and our, our goal for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. But if you need more envelopes than maybe is in front of you this morning, please feel free to go to another pew rack and take what you need. Thank you. I am really looking forward, Nancy and choir, to your presentation next Sunday afternoon at 530. Uh, they have been working hard on this Christmas musical. It's always wonderful. And people from the community come in. I want to make sure that our, our congregation comes in as well. We'll look forward to it. It will be a celebration of the birth of Christ that, uh, that you will remember for a long time. So we'll look forward to that and the reception afterwards. Scott, come on up. This is Scott Rex. Scott um, is on our staff. Uh, as one of our, uh, our sound techs back in the sound booth. And he focuses specifically on sound. He, he came uh, about four years ago, three years ago, three. Um, they were doing work on our, uh, on our sound system, the company he worked for at the time. And uh, we needed, uh, we, we lost Jim Crump, you know. He was our, our sound guy and uh, he passed away in that January of, uh, of 2021 and uh, so we were in, in deep need and so um, the guy that they sent out was Scott and ultimately when he got everything taken care of I said you know are you interested at all in a part-time position and uh, so you know we negotiated some things and we were able to get Scott on board and he has been doing a wonderful job through these years yeah. <laughs> Scott's from Hawaii originally, and uh, wanted a more desert climate, so here he is. <laughs> but I've seen a, a progression uh, over these three years of his engagement. Uh, it was a job to begin with, and I began to see more and more it became more of a ministry. And uh, this morning, um, 
Scott's coming uh, on his statement of faith. He's given his life to Jesus Christ. He's been immersed. And he said, you know, I, uh, I feel like this is home. And uh, that's a wonderful thing when you, uh, when you sense and believe that. So all in favor of accepting Scott, if you would show that by the sign I. And if you're guest, no, I don't know. Where did that whistle come from? Wow. Man, I tell you what. I've never had a whistle before. I guess, I guess that's uh, affirmative. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, Scott, our folks are going to come around in just a moment at our, after our closing prayer by John Cox and give you the right hand of Christian fellowship. They're saying two things. Um, number one, welcome to your church family. You've been engaged and involved here. Officially, we welcome you. And secondly, we're going to be praying with you and working beside you in these days ahead. And uh, we, uh, we look forward to that and how God uses that, okay? You stay right here. I think Bob Marty, Bob, uh, come on down if you would. All the way back from the back row. Listen, when, when, when I retire, whenever that is, I'll be at the back row too. <laughs> After 40-plus years in the front row, it's... <laughs> Bob is, uh, is a Bible study teacher that, that uh, Scott, uh, in class he goes into, so appreciate that, Bob. John, why don't you lead us in our closing prayer? May we pray. Lord God, you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We have joy through you because you came to us in the past. You spoke to us in the law of Israel. You challenged us with the word of the prophets. You have shown us in Christ that who you really are. Lord God, we have joy through you because you come to us today. You speak to us through your word and in in our prayers through others who need our help and through others who encourage and teach and preach. On a personal note, I have joy because you have brought my wife and I together. Lord God, we have joy through you because you will come to us in the end. You will continue to be our God when our history has run its course. Father, you offer the same joy to us now if we know you and confess Jesus as our Savior and Lord. You gave us reason to celebrate when you gave us the unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ. You came to dwell among us. You went to Calvary's cross for us. You overcame death and rose from the dead for us. You forgave our sins and gave us eternal life when we believe in you. It is in the name of our risen Savior and Lord Jesus Christ that we joyfully pray unto you. Amen. Amen. Amen.